Good morning. We are continuing on in a sermon series uh, on family. Family Matters, name of the, the sermon series. And today we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy. You don't have to go very far in the Old Testament to get to Deuteronomy. Uh, we'll start in chapter 6 and read vor- verses 4 through 9. Uh, let's begin in a word of prayer and then we will... Uh, dive into this passage. Father, as the song says, we truly need you. I pray, Father, as we open your word, I pray, Father, that our hearts will be opened, our eyes, our minds clear, to what you have to say. I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll just guide and lead us this morning. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Parenting is terrifying. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night only to have your child standing right next to you, staring. Okay, not that kind of terrifying. What I mean is that the world is full of so many bad people who want to do bad things, and I can't stop them. It's terrifying when I'm afraid bullies will pick on my kid Or that one time when Eli was in preschool and he wouldn't sleep, and so he flipped the mat over, sat on the kid, and I thought maybe my kid was the bully. It's terrifying when they get sick and their temperature won't go down. Or when they make weird noises when they breathe. It's terrifying because Jessica and I are the sole responsibility for Eli and Charlie where they live, where they go to school, even whether we feed them donuts or cereal for breakfast could shape who they become when they are older. It's terrifying because of the times I've lost my temper, which has damaged relationships and set an example for my kids. It was uh, Billy Graham who once said, Children will, will invariably, sorry, children will invariably talk, eat, walk, think, respond, and act like their parents. Give them a target to shoot for. Give them a goal to work towards. Give them a pattern that they can see clearly, and you will give them something that silver and gold cannot buy. That is quite honestly terrifying. And we have less and less opportunities with our kids to shape them. According to the United States Bureau of Labor, adults in the United States spend more time watching TV than spending time with their family. The 10-year-olds in uh, Miss Frost's New Jersey classroom expressed their views on what's wrong with grown-ups, and they came up with these complaints. Grown-ups make promises, and then they forget about them, or they say it wasn't really a promise, it was a maybe. 
Grown-ups don't do the things they're always telling children to do, like pick up their things or be neat or always tell the truth. Grown-ups never really listen to what children have to say. They always decide ahead of time what they're going to be their answer. Grown-ups make mistakes, but they won't admit them. They always pretend they weren't mistakes at all or that somebody else made them. Grown-ups interrupt children all the time and think nothing of it, but if a children interrupts a grown-up, he gets a scolding or something worse. This morning, I'm hoping that we can give a good target for our children to shoot at. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9, we're going to talk a little bit about the Shema. It goes like this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up and tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write this on door frames of your houses and upon your gates. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is part, the first part of the Shema, which was a daily prayer memorized by devout Jews. It was kind of like their pledge of allegiance. Now, Shema is the first Hebrew word in the text here in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4. Shema is the word hear or listen. In fact, the text is full of senses. Listen with your ears that the Lord is one and that we're to love the Lord. With your mouth, impress God's word upon your children. Discuss it all day long. Tie them as symbols on your hands. That way everything you touch, everything you do will represent God. Bind them between your eyes so that God's word serves as your vision throughout the day. One commentator pointed out that the similarities between the Shema and Revelation are distinct. The mark of the beast in Revelation was where? On the hands and the forehead, which is the exact same place God tells Israel to place his word. Bind them on your hands. Put it on your forehead. This passage was to be the most important thing in the life of a Jew. You see, the purpose of the Shema was to change the rhythm of life for the worshiper. First thing in the morning, there is one God and we must love him. While eating breakfast, there is one God and we should love him. While you're at work, there is one God, and we should love him. They'll see it on the doorpost when they come home. There is one God, and we should love him. At the dinner table, there is one God, and we should love him. Before we go to bed, there is one God, and we should love, love him. The oneness and expression of love should influence every aspect of life. Now, let's be honest, 
It's difficult for us today to do that. It was also difficult for them. You see, they came from the cultures of Egypt and Canaan, which were polytheistic societies. There were gods of fertility, there were gods of the weather, there were gods of war, there were gods of love, and the Israelites were influenced by Egypt and Canaan and constantly went back and forth between worshiping the many gods of their culture or worshiping the one true God, Jehovah. Greg Beale is the author of the book, We Become What We Worship, and he writes these words. What people revere, what they resemble, either for ruin or for restoration. What people revere, they resemble, either for ruin or restoration. And he points out a couple texts in Romans that support this thesis. In Romans 1.23, Paul writes, And they exchanged the glory of God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. And in Romans 8.29, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, do you see the differences between these passages? For example, if you revere money, you will become a greedy person, someone who manipulates God to fit your mold. But if you revere God, you will be conformed to the image of his son. And here's my point. You and I, we don't go around making sacrifice to some weird 13th century Egyptian deity, do we? But some of us sitting here today, God is not the one and only Lord of your life. Power, money, sex, identity, physical appearance, entertainment, and even our families become higher, more revered, more loved than God. And here's the point that I think the author of Deuteronomy is making as well as what I'm trying to make today. Your children can see it. Your grandchildren can see it. Your nieces and nephews can see it. A little girl was riding in her car with her mom. They hit some bad traffic. Their cars were, the cars were weaving in and out. They were cut off several times. Mom didn't say a word. She just kept driving. And the little girl asked, Mom, why is it that only idiots come out when my dad drives? <laughs> Our children, they're watching us. 
And we've got to give them a better target to shoot for. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says, Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Follow the guidance of Deuteronomy here. Live a life that reflects the lordship of Jesus in everything you do and say. And that's important. Everything you do and say. Because lifestyle alone is not enough. Because God says right here that we are to impress that. Impress God's word on our children. And I got to say, that word impress does not give weight to the Hebrew word here. The root word for impress is a sharp sword. The verb form of this word impress is to pierce. I don't know about you, but that sounds a whole lot like Hebrews 4.12. When the author says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Do you think the writer of Hebrews was thinking about Deuteronomy chapter 6 when he wrote that? God's word is alive and it's active. And we are to pierce the heart of our children through joint, through marrow, shape the hearts of of our children with the words that we speak, with sharing God's word with them. The reason this target is up here is to share with you that my son, Charlie, has recently picked up bow and arrow as something he wants to do. And uh, the best we had to offer him were old boxes, Amazon boxes, that we had not used. And he was setting these boxes out and shooting his compound bow at the boxes. And that, that was fine. That was fine. But Charlie decided he wants to get a little bit more effort into it. So I gave him my phone, let him search Amazon, and he found the perfect target. Here's the problem. He said, Dad, I want this bullseye. And I said, son, you don't want this bullseye. He said, no, I want this bullseye. I said, son, the bullseye is this big. It was literally this big. I got out my ruler and said, these are the dimensions of the bullseye. He said, but dad, that's $20. Why are they going to charge $20 for that? And so I had to guide him to find a better bullseye. And it got me thinking about this passage, Billy Graham's words, and how important it is to find the right bullseye for our kids. The world is out there trying to trick them. They're trying to say, this is the, this is the, right, this is the right one. You know, when he was flipping through Amazon, that thing was the same size as this, if not bigger. In the picture, 
and he would have been duped. And isn't that what the world is trying to do to our kids? They're trying to dupe them. They're trying to say that there is something a little bit more precious than God's word. There is something more precious than loving the Lord. There's wealth. There's fame. For our kids today, it's body image. It's sex. And we have a responsibility as parents to rise up and give them a better target to shoot for. That there is one God and we should love him alone. This is a hard one for me, folks. Because I've messed up several, several times. But there's good news. We celebrate today the life-changing sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We come around the communion table as renewed, made perfect because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. As we gather around the table, we'll be singing a song. I invite you to go to one of these three stations and take the cup. On the bottom is the bread, on the top is the juice, and we will take that together after we're done singing. Uh, let's uh, pray. Father God, I am grateful for your sacrifice. I'm grateful for the bullseye that you've given us in your son, Jesus Christ, and I pray that, Father, you will continue to guide and lead our hearts to follow after you. We are grateful, dear Lord, for your sacrifice of your son and worship and honor you this morning, recognizing that you are Lord of all, that you are king of all. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.